Before we get to episode 199, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Believe You Can 2022 presented by Dancing Dots. Believe You Can is the talent show for blind and visually impaired performers hosted by the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Go to believeyoucan.live slash tickets to buy tickets for the October 15th show. Tickets are $10 for an individual ticket or $25 for a watch party ticket. And if you're busy that night, you can always just make a donation. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Again, that's believeyoucan.live slash tickets. Thank you so much for your support. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 199 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benge on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode. And as usual, I have a few things to talk about. And as usual, since it's football season, I'm going to tell you what a great weekend I had. I mean, the weekend itself was just okay. But in fantasy football terms, it was fantastic. I was close in both games, but it looked like I was going to lose in the all-blind league, which I've told you before, that's the one I really want to win, even though I could win money in the other league. So in the all-blind league, I was ahead by about a half a point against Ed, and and his team is called Where's Huddles, by the way. I was ahead by half a point, but he had a wide receiver going on Monday Night Football. I had the Denver defense going on Monday Night Football, and I thought, there is no way I am going to win this. Half a point up. Jerry Judy playing, figuring he's good for probably about 10 points, figuring my defense is good for about five. I figured I was going to lose by about five points. Well, the Denver D did great. Jerry Judy did not. He only got about four points. The Denver defense, I I don't remember how many points it gave me, maybe about 10 or 12. So I ended up winning. And I am still in second place. I am about 11 points out of first place. There's only two unbeaten teams, me and SoCal Stallions, and uh, everybody else is below us. (laughs) So that part is great. In the Frenemies League, which again is six all-blind players and six Yahoo players, uh, and again, these are employees of Yahoo who have different roles within Yahoo. Some worked on the football production, uh, the fantasy football documentary production from last year. And uh, I won in that. It was a little bit easier. Now, in that league, I was playing Nick, Nicky Pools, which is funny because this week in the all-blind league, I'm playing Nick. So it's kind of funny. So I hope I beat him again this week, (laughs) although he is a very nice guy. (laughs) So I did beat Nick. It was close, but it seemed like most of the day I was good. I don't know that I was ever trailing by a lot of points, and I ended up holding out and winning, and I was very excited by that. So I'm 2-1 and in that league. Overall, I'm fourth. In the all-blind division, I am second. And in that league, Ed is crushing it. His team is just outstanding. So in that league this week, we're doing interdivisional games. Uh, So now we're starting to play, all-blind players are playing uh, Yahoo folks. (laughs) So I am playing the second best team in the league. His name is Carlos. I forget what his team name is. I think it's the, I don't think he's changed it from whatever was assigned to him 
when they set up the league. My, my team was Dave's definitive team or David's definitive team or something like that. Carlos is something like Carlos's championship team or something like that. And maybe he did change it. So it's just very exciting. I love football season and it's been great. And uh, I got off to a good start on Thursday night football last night. I'm recording this on Friday morning. I have been so busy with all sorts of other things and I'm going to tell you about them now. As I mentioned in the intro, Believe You Can is coming up. And of course, if you listen over the past few weeks, I've talked about it in every episode between planning and tickets going on sale and stuff like that. You've heard me talk about it. Well, now we're doing what we like to call sound checks. And what we do, it's a way to also get to know the people who are going to be performing. It's a way to make sure their settings are okay and they sound okay. And it's it's really it kind of, even though it's a lot of work, it's kind of nice because it's nice to speak to these people because they're from all around the country. And in fact, later today, I'm recording this on Friday morning, later today, we're speaking to someone from Sweden who will be participating. It's just a lot of fun, but again, it's a lot of work. So at 12 o'clock today, I have a sound check and Lisa and maybe Simon will be on. And um, and then at one o'clock, we have one. Now that person's a little bit closer. I think he's in New Jersey. Uh, we talked to Rob yesterday, who's in Kansas. And... Uh, it's just been nice. And we've also talked, and it wasn't part of a sound check, but we also talked to Jana Jackson. <laughs> we interviewed her for White Canes Connect. And I'll talk more about that in a minute because she had a great tip and I want to talk a little bit about it because it's it's just an outstanding idea. But it is so nice. And, and she, by the way, is from Nashville. And we have, I just noticed last night, somebody else signed up who was from uh, Nashville or the Nashville area. We talked to my friend Max Ivy, who is going to be in it. He's going to be doing an original song that he wrote called What's Your Excuse, which is, of course, the same name as his podcast. So listen for that. I think next week during the show for the 200th episode, one of the things that I will be doing, we also got little blurbs on why they are doing the specific song and why they like to do whatever it is they're going to be performing. And most folks are uh, singing. Some are singing and playing an instrument. Rob, for example, plays the piano, and actually it was a keyboard, and and sang uh, Whiter Shade of Pale, and, and is going to be doing that, and that's what he did during a sound check yesterday. So it's just, it's just really neat. So we get these little clips that we are going to put into episodes of White Canes Connect. I'm also in the process of taking them out and creating videos for them to put up on social media. The first one is just about done, and that's with someone named Julia Legrand. And uh, she's going to be playing the violin, and she was outstanding. I think I mentioned it last week. She was just outstanding. And if, if she hadn't been interrupted by somebody else coming on to the Zoom call while she was performing... I would have thought that I was listening to somebody's TV playing a car commercial or a jewelry commercial. It was so good what she was playing. So, uh, and this year, the prizes for Believe You Can are the same as last year, 150 for first, 100 for second, and $50 for third. Last week, I was told by a couple of people that the audio sounded a little funny, and I'm hoping that it's better today. I'm using the same mic, a Shure SM58. And everything is the same. I'm going to try to process it through. Uh, there's a place that I found that that may fix what was wrong with it last week. So if you had trouble last week, I do apologize for that. If it was a little staticky and things like that, uh, I had Jane listen to it, and she did pick up some things too. 
uh, I didn't hear it. And when I listen as I'm recording it and as I'm editing it, I always hear a bit of a hum. So it's hard for me to determine that there is an issue there because of that constant hum on my end. And <laughs> I, I kind of think part of it is from the refrigerator that we have, our secondary refrigerator down here in the basement, which one day last week was leaking all over the floor and it's not tied to any kind of water line. So we didn't know what was going on. So we had to have a service call for that. So fortunately it was user error on our part and that the freezer was too packed and it couldn't defrost properly. And that's what was happening. Ice was building up, was dripping down, was making the thing work a little harder. So hopefully that is the reason for the weird sound last week. Maybe the, the thing was working harder and there was more, more interference from it than usual. I don't know. I always worry about the air conditioning and heating system because it's roughly about 10 or 12 feet behind me uh, in the utility room that's behind Studio B down here in the basement. But of course, it's been nice weather, so we haven't had any kind of air or heat on. So that part has been great. So between that issue and the issue with episode 197, which I didn't talk about last week and I was going to kind of let it go, I went to upload episode 197 a couple of weeks ago and it took me probably 10 or 12 hours to get it uploaded because I had finished it. And when I went to try and upload it, I couldn't get to my website or any other website that I host. And when I called my hosting company and I told them of the problem, they said, well, everything's good on my end. And they were able to get into each account. So I shut my Wi-Fi off on my phone. And then I tried to get into ICan'tSeeYou.com and a couple others. I had no trouble then. So what I then did is I had my phone as a hotspot and I was able to upload the episode. Uploading the episode wasn't an issue. The episode was there once I uploaded it to Libsyn. The problem is once it's uploaded and all the links go out on social media, they then point back to ICan'tSeeYou.com and in this case slash 197, which where the show notes are, and also where you could go and listen if you wanted to listen just on the web. If you don't listen on your phone with an, a podcast player, whether it's from Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen, that's where you get pointed to. I couldn't get that page up, so any links that I had, whether it was on LinkedIn or uh, Twitter or Facebook or wherever, they weren't going to go anywhere because that page wasn't created yet. So once I figured that out, and again, it was on Sunday at this point that all this was going down, and of course it even though it was seven hours of commercial-free football, I got about three hours total of commercial-free football that day. The middle parts of it were interfered with by, <laughs> by my technical difficulties. And they kind of worked themselves out because I thought I was going to have to talk to Verizon to see what the story was. So I'm not 100% sure what the person from my hosting company called HostGator, if that was actually true. Because once I mentioned the issue, within a few hours of talking to this lady from HostGator, they kind of worked themselves out. After the early games were done, I came downstairs and I tried to get on using our internet connection and I had no trouble. And I noticed that email started coming through because that was another thing. All of our email was blocked. We couldn't get any email in or out from any of the domains that we host from. So uh, my friend Lisa, her bylisabryant.com email address was not working. Uh, 
I Can't See You obviously wasn't working, and then the other various sites that we have, dgdesign.net and so forth. So that all fortunately got fixed to the point where I could, I could watch a little bit of football going into the middle parts of the late games. So I'm hoping that this one has no technical issues and I have no trouble uploading it. But uh, I do apologize if you thought the audio was a little wonky last week. And I, hopefully uh, we're back on track this week and it will sound great. Now, I want to tell you something funny that we found out this week. And it's a great story. A couple days ago, Liz was watching the movie Sweet Home Alabama with Reese Witherspoon. And which she loves that movie. I am not a big fan of it. She was watching during the day before she's waiting around to get everything done with the IRS so she can start work later this month. And she's watching it during the day and she sees a guy in there and thinks, man, that guy looks familiar. Well, it turns out it was a parent of a kid that she had when she was teaching at Walden. And I make it sound like it was long ago. I don't know if this kid was in her class last year or previous years. I don't know when it was from. So she looked him up on IMDb. And not only was he in this movie, but he's in a whole bunch of other things, which was kind of cool. And she never knew that about him. So I thought that was very cool. And I said, you know what? While you're at IMDb, look up a couple of friends. First, we had her look up our friend Ken, who does uh, all sorts of TV and movies down in New Orleans. She didn't have a page. We were surprised, unless it's under a different name. Um, she looked up Ken and Kenneth, but couldn't find him. So I, I was pretty surprised by that, because one thing that I always tell Ken is he has played a doctor on TV, and I love to, that he's able to say that. I'm not a doctor, but I played one on TV. He's played one in movies. Very cool. He's played cops on NCIS New Orleans uh, back when that was a show. Uh, he's been in Jurassic World. He's currently working on Interview with a Vampire. I forget what channel that's on. I want to say FX, maybe? Hulu? I don't know. It's, it's somewhere. I heard commercials for it this week. Now, on Interview with a Vampire, he is, he is in the crew. He is not on screen. So after we couldn't find him, I said, well, you know what? Look up Brian Fischler. Brian Fischler from the All Blind Fantasy Football League Commissioner and That Real Blind Tech Show. And she sees a couple of different listings for a Brian Fischler. And so she looks at one. I said, he's got to be on there for 90210. He was in episodes of that back in the day, not the newer one, back the one, the real one, the original one. And she couldn't find him on that. But as she's scrolling down, she sees Brian Fischler. And then it says what he was in. All Blind League. <laughs> so I said, oh, click on that. I said, maybe we're all listed there. She clicks on that, and it says, All Blind League, starring Brian Fischler, Nick D'Ambrosio, and David Goldstein. I said, click on my name. She clicks on my name, and I have an IMDB page. Coolest thing ever. So after I saw that, and I was so excited by it, obviously I'm excited by it because I'm telling you about it, not that I don't tell you things that aren't as exciting. <laughs> so I have this IMDb page and I figured out there's a way that you can submit changes and additions and things like that. Not that I've been in anything else, but I've submitted an image that I 
put up on my website and link to. And I don't know how long it'll take because when you submit changes or corrections, an actual human takes a look and approves or doesn't approve it. So I did that a couple of days ago and I texted Brian and I said, one more great thing about the fantasy football documentary, which you can view, by the way, at com slash football. One more great thing about it, I told him, was I have an IMDb page and you're listed with an IMDb page and Nick is listed with an IMDb page. And so he called me. I was on my way to something else when he called, so I couldn't talk to him long. I was on my way, and I'll talk about this in a couple of minutes, to view an Amtrak prototype, which I've talked about in the past. So we were talking, and he said, I know there's another one out there for me, and I've tried to make changes to it, but I couldn't figure out how. So I'm hoping that I was able to get changes made on mine because then I can fix his and merge his couple together. And he's got a great image. They took some great images of him uh, before the documentary was done. And one of them is, if you go to uh, blindtechshow.com, you can see the one. It's <laughs> He's wearing the Zebra Boy t- uh, shirt. And it's a great-looking image, obviously professionally done, and uh, just a great image. And so that would be a great one to put up there for his uh, image, uh, and I know he's got some other professional images done. As as you can see, if you look at, at blindtechshow.com, there's images of him and Robert Klein and Jerry Seinfeld and a whole bunch of other famous comedians that, that he knows from doing the stand-up stuff, doing the uh, TV and film stuff. So again, that's over at blindtechshow.com. Have a look there. So it'll be interesting to see if I can get these changes made because to me... B- Besides the coolest thing of having an IMDb IMDb page, which I will link to also in the show notes, uh, because it's hard. There's a million David Goldsteins, which not that I have always disliked my name for that, uh, but I have never, as I've told you before, I have never really liked and embraced that last name, which always saddened my dad because my dad was always under the impression that his father chose that name when they got to uh, wherever they got to when they came from the other side. Um, and I believe they came in Philadelphia. They came to Philadelphia, not to Ellis Island in New York, uh, back just after the turn of the last century. I would much rather have just shortened the the original name, which my last name would be Vol, V-A-L-L, which I kind of like. So maybe if I ever do any other kind of acting, maybe I will change my name to that. I've also talked about just taking off the last name and going by my middle name, which is Benjamin, of course, and why I am at David Benj on all the socials. But the coolest thing about having this IMDb page, you can have an official website, which of course mine is ICan'tSeeYou.com. And to have a backlink to that website from IMDb would be so awesome because it gives so much importance. Google looks at domain authority, when you have backlinks. So if you have uh, something that has a domain authority, for example, Amazon has a domain authority of like 99. It's from zero to 100. It just makes things a lot better with credibility for the website. I don't know what IMDb's domain authority is, but I'm guessing it's in the 90s. So to have a backlink there from there would be outstanding. So we'll see what happens. I'll let you know if it ever gets, the changes ever get approved. Hopefully it does, because I'd love to have a backlink from there. 
Now, I mentioned the Amtrak prototype, and I talked to you before about that. This was the second time I've been to this mock-up of this train that is coming out in the future. It's not a flying train or anything, not that far into the future. (laughs) So we were contacted by Lauren from Amtrak, who is the accessibility manager uh, for Amtrak, and usually the one that you call when you have a complaint because they didn't do something for filling your disability here and it needs to be fixed because of XYZ. Lauren has been the one who we've been talking to and Trish and Lauren had worked together. uh, I don't remember if they worked together previously, maybe four or five years ago, but Lauren remembered. And Lauren was at some other organization then, and I don't remember what the whole particulars, but she invited Trish to bring some blind folks over to do some accessibility, give some accessibility feedback on this new rail car that they're coming out with. And so we went in July, July 14th, and we got to walk through a car that was a, I don't know if it was completely a dining car, but it was the car that you can check out the bathroom. And I've told you before, the first time that I went into a bathroom on the Amtrak, on an Amtrak train, I was touching everything because I didn't know what things were. I didn't know what buttons did. You know, it's not just, it's not a normal toilet. You don't just flush a little handle. It was pushing a button that wasn't, if I remember correctly, it wasn't even on the toilet. It was somewhere near. So I'm just feeling around. And again, like I've said before, if there's one place you don't want to feel everything (laughs) and feel around, it's a bathroom, especially a bathroom during a pandemic. Who wants to touch that? Even in the best of times, you don't want to touch any of that stuff. So it was very cool, This, uh, as I mentioned on an episode back in July, the bathroom, most of the stuff in the bathroom, you don't even have to touch. You just need to have, for example, to flush the toilet. You don't have to hit this button to flush it. You kind of just have to get close with your hand and kind of, you know, just like the sinks where you put your hands under the sink and the water comes on or you put your hands under the soap and the soap comes out. It's just like that. Uh, But there is a button that you could actually push if you wanted to, but... You, you just have to get close. Uh, so we had another look at that. They made some changes from when I saw it the last time back in July. Back in July, they weren't going to have paper towels in it. They were just going to have the blower that dries your hands off, which I am never a big fan of because I always feel like my hands are still wet. I don't know about you, but my hands always feel wet, number one. And number two, when you do have to touch something, and the one thing you do have to touch in this bathroom is the button to open and close the door. And of course, it doesn't matter on the way in, but on the way out, after you've washed your hands, who wants to touch a button that everybody's been touching? So if there's a paper towel there that you can dry your hands with and then use to touch the button, boom, you're good. So it's great that they added the paper towels. Uh, They've made some other changes. There's still other changes they have to make as far as signage goes. The very cool thing, as you know, I don't read Braille. So while there are Braille signs at every sign, there is also raised lettering for the signs. So if it says push to open or uh, something like that, it's in a raised lettering. So you could kind of make out what it is. The other cool thing was I pulled out my phone to see if seeing AI would be able to read it. 
And it did. It had no trouble reading the different signs where it, it gave instructions on do this or do that or lock button or um, open close button, whatnot. And then we got to see uh, some changes they made. They did some more where you pick up food. The food car was kind of like a Panera where you can order ahead and go and pick it up. Of course, the issue for ordering ahead and then actually <laughs> actually finding your meal if you're blind that is sitting on one of the shelves to be picked up is another story. Uh, but it was very cool. They had some grab-and-go items, and if you're familiar with the blind bodega, it's similar to that. They have some chips, and they have crackers and uh, sodas and other cold drinks. Uh, now, one thing that I did notice and I asked about, the cold box didn't have a lot of room in it. And one issue that we had at the blind bodega, because all the equipment didn't work, and we only had one cold box to keep the drinks cold, that when it was busy, on a busy day, on a busy hot day, we were filling it two or three times a day. And so if you came in after a rush, you didn't get a cold drink because we had just put it in. There was no other fridge to put it in to get it cold in the meantime. So, and I had asked about that. And they do have some other refrigerated uh, other refrigeration cases that they can put back stock in. So when they do have to fill it, it would be okay. <laughs> Another question I asked uh, when we were in the bathroom, and I was there with um, uh, Lynn Heights, who is the president of the NFB of Pennsylvania. She was there with her guide dog, Danny, who is a very cute dog and a very well-behaved dog. And I'll get to a Ziggy story <laughs> in a minute. They were there. Uh, Denise Brown, who is president of the Greater Philly chapter of the NFB of Pennsylvania, and Trish was there, Trish Maunder from Philly Touch Tours. It was nice to see those folks again. I hadn't seen them in a while, and nice to catch up with them. Uh, but when we were standing in the bathroom, Lynn and Danny and myself and, and one of the Amtrak people, I said, what happens if the power's out? How do you get out of this bathroom? Because it's a push-to-open door, meaning you push a button and it opens electronically were pushed to close, and it's also an electronic lock, so you have to push a button. And I was told that the lock, if, the pa if there's a power failure, and first of all, if you're on a train <laughs> on, in the Northeast, more than likely it's getting electric. So if, if you run out of power there, I think there's a bigger problem. But when the, if there's a power failure, the lock automatically unlocks. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully if there's a power failure, you're done doing your business because the door's gonna unlock, it's not gonna open on its own, but it's going to unlock. So uh, so you wouldn't be trapped in the bathroom. Although it's pretty big because it's handicapped accessible. Uh, so it's, it, is a big, it is a big space. It's certainly bigger than Studio C was. So that was interesting to look around and see the changes they made. They made some other changes. Now, one thing that they didn't do, and I thought it was higher the last time, the luggage rack, which I always bang my head on. And in fact, a guy who works for Amtrak, and I forget how long he said he was working for Amtrak, he banged his head showing us something on one of the seats. And, uh, and that's one of the things that I always forget about. As I've told you before, I always forget to duck my head when I go to sit down, uh, especially if you're sitting near the window because you've got to go in further. If you're on the aisle, sometimes you can get lucky and, and you don't do it because it doesn't come all the way over that seat. So that's still something I'll have to worry about. It does seem a little bit taller than it was on the cars that are in service now. Um, 
But yesterday I noticed I was hitting it more. Now I did have my sunglasses on top of my head, which the last time I was there, I don't think I had my sunglasses with me. And so maybe the last time it just kind of brushed the top of my head, but since my sunnies were on there this time, I did have to duck my head. Now, as we're learning more about these cars, and they're called inner city trains, um, most of them are going to be, none of them are long haul. Most of them are going to be in the Northeast Corridor, Mid-Atlantic, and then out west. Uh, and the first ones were going to be out west starting in, wait for it, 20 26. So the end of 2026, and they'll make it, uh, have them set for the Northeast uh, Corridor probably in 2027, which is hard to believe. That's five years away. And I'm thinking, is the world even going to still be here then? Hopefully it is, and hopefully we'll get to ride on these trains. <laughs> so uh, it was just very cool to be on these, and uh, I always love being a part of it. And uh, they always have a big spread of food, uh, which I never eat. And I was sorry that I didn't eat it yesterday because I was traveling to it during when I normally eat lunch. And by the time I got done, uh, it was past lunchtime. So by the time I got home, it was just about dinner time. So I, I missed lunch yesterday. So I should have eaten something. And I was mad when I was on my way home that I didn't grab even just a soft pretzel. I mean, they had all sorts of stuff. They had quesadillas and some sort of taco or something, but it was a nice spread. And, and they also had some snacks and things like that. I, I should have had a closer look to see if they had maybe a, uh, a protein bar or something like that. That would have held me. That would have been good. So it was just a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to checking out any kind of changes they may make in the future. And uh, I was happy to be part of that again. I mentioned a little earlier that we were speaking to someone for an upcoming episode of White Canes Connect, and her name is Jana Jackson, J-A-N-A, -A, not Jana Jackson, so no wardrobe malfunction. And she is from Nashville. She's a singer. She is a gospel singer. She is, as she likes to say, a preacher's kid, and she kept saying PK when she was talking about that, which to me reminded me of penalty kick, but for her it stood for, <laughs> for preacher's kid. And she has a great story, and she's doing a lot of different things. She's a got a great voice, so she sings, she's got albums out, and she's going to be a contestant on Believe You Can 2022, presented by Dancing Dots. But she's also a travel agent, and I will link to her travel website, and she's also starting a 501c3. And this is where the great tip came from, which I never in a million years thought of it. And that's why I always say to you at the end of each show, if you have tips about certain things you do around your house that may help other blind people if you are blind, or if you're sighted and you think you have something that may help, please give me a call, 646-926-6350. But this is a gem, and it made me think to when I was having lunch with Lisa at last year's state convention. We had gone to this Mexican place, and the menu was fairly large, and I am trying to use my phone with seeing AI to read the menu. Now, the problem was it had really high ceilings. The, the floor was like terracotta tile. So it was very noisy. So I'm trying to scan this menu with my phone using seeing AI, but I couldn't hear it because it was so loud and I didn't have my earbuds on me. So it was trouble. Well, when Jana was telling us about her 501c3 and what they what she her goal is for it 
She was saying she wants to help folks who are blind if they have trouble with technology or things like that. She will work with them. And she had a client who was just wanting to go on her own to a restaurant and just didn't have confidence and didn't know how to go about it. And so she and Jana went out and Jana showed her how she could navigate the restaurant, how she could navigate the menu. And then she gave us a gem when she said, I pulled up the menu on Uber Eats. And I thought, what a great idea. And I thought back to that day that I had lunch with Lisa at this Mexican place, and I had trouble hearing the menu trying to use seeing AI. Because if you pull up the menu on Uber Eats, Uber Eats, Uber in general, is fairly accessible. So Uber Eats, I'm guessing, is equally as fairly accessible. And I've never gone to Uber Eats, I've got to be honest. But to be able to pull it up on a website, and not every restaurant has a website that may have their menu. And sometimes when they have their menu, it's a PDF. And as I've mentioned countless times, PDFs are not always super accessible or accessible at all, depending on the format of the PDF. If it's a PDF image, forget it. Although the way the technology is going, maybe soon it'll be better. To use Uber Eats, I could hold the phone up to my ear and then just single finger swipe to the right as I start down the menu. Or I could start at the top of the menu and just do a two finger swipe down and it would just read and keep reading. Now, the prices may be different on Uber Eats than on the menu. I don't know how often it's updated. And not everything on the Uber Eats menu may have, might not have everything that's included on the, on the menu in the restaurant. So you have those issues. However, I'm guessing that you'll have a good chunk of what's available at that restaurant on the Uber Eats menu, which again would make it easy. And if it's not there, maybe you could go to DoorDash or some of the other food delivery places. And again, not all food delivery sites, and, and I know that uh, Brian and Allison on uh, That Real Blind Tech Show have talked about some sites not being very accessible at all, and they've stopped using them. I just don't remember which ones they are. But what a great idea. Even if you never intend to order food via Uber Eats or any of those, and, and I hate to say never, but I just it just kind of bothers me and skeeves me out to have something delivered, especially from a non-traditional um, place. That a Pizza is one thing. But I've seen too many videos, either on the news or on YouTube, where who's ever delivering the food is helping themselves to this and helping themselves to that. It just kind of bothers me, and, and I just don't think I would do it. Uh, again, I can't say for sure. If Liz wasn't around and I really, really wanted something, I don't know. But uh, it was just a great tip, and I couldn't believe that I never thought of that. So thank you to Jana, and I will link to her different uh, websites uh, because she has one for her music, which is janajackson.com, and she has her travel site, and uh, I don't know that she has one yet for her uh, JJM Cares, uh, but I will, if there is a site for that, I will link to that as well. And uh, she's just a great person and really trying to help folks. Uh, and I also learned that we are about the same age, if not the exact same age, because she was in high school 
and I believe graduated in 1982, which is quite a long time ago. So before I get to this week's Just Listen, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about episode 46 of White Canes Connect. And in it, we talked to our buddy Harriet Goh, who's the president of the Keystone chapter, and as well is a teacher in the Philadelphia School District. And some of the things that have gone on with her, and as I was editing this, and I don't think I had gotten to this point last week when I told you about this episode, some of the things that have gone on with her, with the school district, just nuts. With the first day that she was doing her student teaching, she shows up to the school where she's going to do her student teaching, and they said they didn't tell us they were sending someone who was blind. They should have called. We don't think somebody who's blind should or could be a teacher here. And it was the first time in her professional career and realized that she was a senior at Temple at the time, and she had not yet even graduated and is getting ready to go into teaching. And this is the first encounter that she has on a professional level and face that kind of discrimination. Now, 18 years later, she's still teaching in the Philadelphia School District. And again, she's a blind teacher teaching sighted kids. So it was um, just that, especially that one clip. And I, I, I made a, a video with it to play this clip. Uh, I don't know that I've put it on Instagram yet, but I will have it there. Uh, again, just, just crazy what she's gone through uh, with that. And again, that is... Episode 46 of White Canes Connect, of course, links in the show notes. And you can also listen on Twitter at PA Blind Podcast if you want to hear that. And that's around 23 and a half minutes in where she goes over that stuff. Uh, again, just, just crazy. I do have a Ziggy story, and Ziggy is part of Just Listen this week. Actually, Ziggy is all of Just Listen this week. And don't worry, I'm not going to play a lot <laughs> because I don't know that you could handle a lot. But you'll get the idea when I do play it. So Ziggy has been having an issue where he's shaking his head funny. And to me, that has always been a sign that maybe he's got an ear infection or something like that. His ears never felt warm. You know, if you, you lift the ear flaps up and you feel the inside, if they're warm, more than likely, it's an infection. They never felt like that. But he kept doing it and he was doing it more frequently. <laughs> and... So I said to Liz, I said, you know, it's his left ear. I watched him try to scratch it and so forth and so on. We also noticed that he was licking his paws a lot. And at first I thought there was some sort of issue. Maybe he hurt himself. And he's, even when he's hurt, he never complains. He is just, it's just unreal. So Liz took him to the vet yesterday while I was doing the Amtrak thing. And he has seasonal allergies. <laughs> so we can give him Zyrtec or one at Benadryl, and that will take care of it. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that, but we're going to try it. Um, so one of the things Ziggy loves to do is to be chased. And I don't know if I've told you before, I drink iced tea every day out of this huge mug. When the tea bags are done in the box, I save the box, and Ziggy, it's like a treat for him to get this box and run around the house with it. And I chase him, and he chews on it. And then once it finally starts falling apart and he can actually start eating it, I take it away. I give him a carrot, and, and we're done with it. I take it and throw the rest of it in recycling if he hasn't eaten any of it. And if he has, I don't put that part in recycling. He recycles that on his own. So 
he likes to be chased, it, not necessarily with these boxes, but he also have, we have these tennis balls that are softball size and they have squeakers in them. And I've talked to a couple of people while he was, he was going to town on these things. And I was talking to Brian one day, <laughs> Brian said, what is that noise? I, I said, it's my dog. He has a tennis ball in his mouth and he wants me to chase him. So the other day we were, Liz was sitting at the kitchen table on the computer and I was playing with Ziggy and he went and he got a ball and he started squeaking it. And I thought, oh, this is, I could use this for, for just listen. And so I just sat, hit the record button and I put my phone down on a table that we have next to our entry door. And then I went after Ziggy. So you hear him chewing this ball as he's running around. You can hear his nails slipping on the hardwood floor of the kitchen. Sometimes you could hear my uh, my sneaker squeak on the hardwood floor. But basically, our main level of our house, there's a kitchen and eating area. It used to be a dining room, but a previous owner blew out the wall between the two. And it's, again, very nice. We're happy with it. But the house is small. Each level is maybe 500 square feet. The only other thing on the main level is a closet at the entry and a living room. Then there's stairs to go upstairs, stairs to go downstairs. Oh, there's also a powder room that is behind the door that you go to to go down to the basement, to come down to Studio B or for Jacob to go to his room or to go to the laundry room. He doesn't usually go in there because we keep that door shut so he doesn't get into anything down here without us knowing. But he does love, if I mention Studio B, he gets very excited and wants to come down. <laughs> so what you're about to hear <laughs> is Ziggy with one of these tennis balls running around through our main level. And again, I'm not going to play more than 20 seconds or so because it's basically the same <laughs> for however long the recording is. Uh, and I recorded for a few minutes. Sometimes I could go on for 15, 20 minutes. We've gone on as far as a half an hour before he decides to crawl under the coffee table in the living room and just drop the ball and just kind of lay down for a bit. Here is this week's Just Listen. told you it was crazy, right? <laughs> so if it was too much, let me know. Not enough, let me know. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear what your feedback is on that. But that was the best sound that I got this week. I thought about doing some sound yesterday, but I didn't have my recorder on me and they didn't want any kind of images or pictures inside the rail car. So uh, the, the prototype. So, sorry, they call it a mock-up. The mock-up, because it's not a prototype, because it's basically the outside of the car is plywood. <laughs> and there's no windows. Some places there are uh, plywood-looking windows, and other times there's just an open area where the window would go. So I didn't want to record anything there. So it was the best choice for this week, and I, I did think it's kind of funny. And again, let me know. Too much, not enough. Uh, Love to hear your feedback. And to give that feedback, you can go to 646-926-6350. You have up to three minutes. Leave your name, your town, the feedback, 
or a tip or questions, comments, a review, whatever you've got. And I will play it on an upcoming episode. I really would appreciate that. Again, 646-926-6350. You can also reach out via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Obviously, there is no time limit there and no character limit. <laughs> and of course, speaking of character limits, you can always reach out on social media at David Benj everywhere. And I do look forward to hearing from you. Please reach out. I'd love to get something started conversationally and what you like, what you don't like about the show. And next week I have episode 200, which uh, I'm desperately trying to find the first couple of episodes I've done and I can't find them. (laughs) So I may have to just download them from our podcast host to get to them. So again, I really do appreciate listening to this episode of I Can't See You. For show notes, they're over at the website as usual. These are going to be at ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 199. ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 199. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 199. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate it. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.